Welcome back to Talk of the Town on 99.7 and 1450 WHTC on WHTC.com and on the WHTC app for your smartphone. Once again, here's your host, Gary Stevens. Welcome back to Talk of the Town for this Monday, February 12th. Second Monday of the month, we are joined at this time by first term Republican State House Representative Nancy DeBoer, the 86th District here in Holland. And she's on the other end of our phone line this morning. Nancy, good morning and uh, welcome back. Good morning, Gary. Glad to be back. Yeah. Are you catching me in Chicago? My mom just had her 98th birthday, so Mm -hmm. we were. Excited to celebrate that with her, and we're on our way back, so thank you. All right, well, you know, have a safe trip back, but congratulations to your mom. She beats my mom out by uh, about uh, four months or so. My mom turns 98 <laughs> on, Jill, on June the 2nd. And by the way, I want to pass this along because some of our listeners uh, do want to catch up with what my mom is doing. She's doing well. The doctors have given her the okay to go back bowling, and she'll be back on the lanes on my sister's adult team, not the seniors team, but the adult team uh, on Wednesday. And she plans to bowl in the state tournament uh, in Granville uh, in the month of uh, May and June. So uh, uh, my mom's doing well. Wow. Yes, she is. My goodness. That's amazing. Again, I want not to to dispute what your mom's doing, and this is not to to disparage anything, but I know some of our listeners wanted to get an update on what my mom is doing. So, and Basically, Absolutely. 1926, and before we talk about anything else going on, I hate to say it, but a lot of the people that experienced the Great Depression firsthand, let alone World War II firsthand, uh, they're stepping away from the stage, and we're losing their perspective. Yes, the greatest generation, that's for sure. I know my, my mom um, has such a keen mind. We are talking about what it was like to go um, on to high school when she was her in in uh, Muskegon. That's where she grew up. And I was like, what, how far away was your high school? Ten blocks or so. I said, did you walk every day? Oh, yeah. I said, did you have snow days? Oh, no. Mm-hmm. You didn't have snow days. <laughs> I was like, well, how did they plow? You know, it was like a wooden pointed thing, and they pulled it behind a horse, and the guy would walk behind that, and was bad her dad would walk ahead and then they would walk single file behind him and always got to school and during the depression he was available to help with that and uh, so yeah so many things that we take for granted every day yeah I'm to- quietly endured <laughs> yeah i'm just thinking you know real quick and again i'm going on tangents but then again when you mentioned your mom's from the muskegon area uh probably i don't know whether or not uh, a, a contemporary but a couple of great Muskegon products of that uh, era that eventually made their names. One as an actor in terms of uh, uh, from MASH and Dragnet, but also the Oxbow incident. Harry Morgan is a Muskegon, oh, wow. is a Muskegon native. And uh, in the football sense, uh, for Michigan State, former Detroit Lions, and NFL quarterback Earl Morrill, another Muskegon product. So, Well, there we go. A couple yeah, of possibly it's, contemporaries. It's, yeah, that's great. Yeah, she remember the Reich's Bakery they used to have near there, and it's a, such a tiny little house they lived in, and 
but um, such great people, and I'm just so thankful for um, for my mom coming through all of that and being able to share her wisdom and mostly her love and her humble honesty. That's I just uh, always respect that so much about her. We are chatting so with right. We are chatting Pardon? with 86th State House Representative Nancy DeBoer. If you have a question about what's going on in Lansing, Nancy would be happy to take your question at 616-395-1450, 616-395-1450. You posted on your social media sites uh, last week that you were in the committee room last Wednesday when Governor Gretchen Whitmer, along with the lieutenant governor and the budget director and deputy budget director made their presentation of their proposed fiscal 2025 budget plan to a joint House and Senate Appropriations Committee. You are on that Appropriations Committee on the House. And uh, share with us your impressions of what the governor presented, uh, whether or not you have been able to sift through probably a pretty big document. Uh, uh, just your general thoughts about the what she calls a roadmap for making it in Michigan. Yes, I mean, there are a lot of programs that sounded really good and um, that could be helpful to people. I'm just a bit concerned with the fact that last year we had a $9 billion surplus, and that was sent down to a few hundred million, and um, and then we added um, supplementals and so a lot of things can sound good. I'm not just not sure um, where the money will come from in some of those. And, I, you know, I'm excited about things where we help kids learn and help kids find a, a way forward um, with their future. Um, and everybody kind of differs on, on exactly how to do that. We have, um, with this proposed budget that um, she presented, uh, they want to expand the Great Start program that has um, usually been for kids that need help and are at a lower income level, um, but now we're adding to that so that everyone um, can be a part of the four-year-old Great Start Readiness program. Um, and the Breakfast and Lunch program, that is, of course, we talked about that last year, that that's what they are labeling is universal, but um, it doesn't connect with um, all the schools, but the public schools with um, unions that will have the free breakfast and lunch. And now she's expanding it also to free summer program for feeding kids, um, about $120 per student throughout the summer. I'm not sure if that's breakfast and lunch um, for all the kids or if it's just for lunch, um, and that's, so that will be another um, payout. And then the community colleges, um, we're talking about free community college for kids, um, like the first couple years of that, and, and I think it's great that, you know, kids can get a start in a profession that excites them and that fits them, and all of that, the the logistics of the community um, college thing are, are kind of a different bracket. You know, now we appeal to communities to add a millage to their taxation so they can help pay for those community colleges. 
I'm not sure how much people are going to vote for wanting to add to their taxes with a community college millage if the state is saying that it's paying for it. So that's going to be um, something that will probably be coming up in the near future. I had um, one guy stop me um, who said, you know, I, um, and he, he um, happens to be a police officer, and so he's working full-time um, and everything, but he said he is going to college um, in the evenings getting a degree, and he said, so um, I was a veteran. I worked for five years in the military. I had three tours of duty um, and in Iraq, and now uh, he said, am, am I going to get a refund then if, you know, because he felt that that was part of a benefit that he had earned in serving our country. And so uh, I, had, I hadn't thought of that dimension, and I do think that's a dimension to think about. Uh, <clears throat> so, you know, the proposal is not usually the final product, so there will be conversations um, along the way as we talk about all of these things. Um, but then what probably one of the bigger headlines has been um, that, where she was proposing to take $670 million out of um, the teacher's pension program. Now they're labeling that um, OPEB, that they're taking that out of. But there's still $34 billion um, that has to be put into the pension program um, for that to be fully funded. So there's a lot of different ways to interpret numbers and and um, how to go forward with this, and I'm sure we'll keep we'll keep talking and working together. I, I'm a little sad that the cyber charter program, charter schools, are cut by 20 percent again as a public school, um, and that's those kids. Um, I understand are often the kids that are, have been bullied in a different system and have chosen to, to go with a cyber charter system, or they could be um, foster kids that have been abused and need to be in um, a better, quieter situation. Um, they could be immune-compromised kids that have to kind of be off the grid um, so that they don't catch everything that uh, regular kids can and fight off. Um, or kids that are athletes that are, like, preparing for the Olympics and have to have different types of schedule. And those, all those kind of students are a part of uh, the cyber charter world, and um, it's for them to get 20% less funding um, it seems kind of tough on them um, for me. So, yeah, it was a very well-presented um, budget and um, and very uh, upbeat and um, excited and friendly and all of that. Uh, just some of the things um, underneath it are a little concerning to me. Now, how tough will it be to get anything done on the budget until April when the two vacant House seats are filled with special elections because new mayors have been put in in Livonia and in Warren, and that meant two state representatives left the chamber. So right now it's a 54-54 split. Can anything get done? I know. Oh, it, it's just an amazing times we're in, isn't it? Uh, yes, we 
you know, we are tied now, and we haven't had very many votes, uh, and some of them were blocked because it's 54-54. You can't just jam it through with a, a Democratic block of 56 votes. So uh, that has slowed meetings and slowed the scheduling of sessions, I think. Uh, so we may we are still working on um, the committee meetings. I'll probably have four to six meetings in each of the different subcommittees that I am on, as well as the full appropriations meetings. The budget has a deadline. It's got to be done by the end of June. It's the balance and all of that. So that is still happening no matter whether we have session or not. So we'll have to see if they're uh, willing to work out some form of both Democrats and Republicans having a little input on the agenda and account and uh, finding legislation that would be great for Michigan that both parties can agree on and hopefully you know we can move some of that legislation uh, through in this interim period till uh, April 16 when both of those position people should be back into the chambers and given our regular 56-54 Democratic majority again. So no one can say for sure, but I do think there should be some kind of um, good bills that we can pass in the meantime that are, will be great for the state and balanced um, with both both sides agreeing on it. And I don't, you know, we can't stop the budget process. That has to keep rolling in the different subcommittees um, on the way to a June 30 deadline. So, I think the governor even said May in her presentation. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't but, think so, to be honest with you. Yeah, but I know. Let, the let her lady think that finished up after she left said uh, June 30 is a deadline. So, <laughs> <laughs> we'll now. If you have a question for State House Representative Nancy DeBoer, 616-395-1450, 616-395-1450. What do you make about the governor's remark in the State of the State address? And I'm not certain whether or not it's going to be put into the budget or not, but she is thinking about uh, a, a $2,000 rebate for people who buy electric vehicles, $1,000 for anyone who buys a new car. What, what do you think about that? Uh, a proposal. Well, you know, they're really creative on how can we push the EV agenda and that's very incentivizing for people to get to get a rebate. So, I you know, there's a it seems as though the EV market has kind of cooled that there was an initial group of people that really wanted to get um, those vehicles and were able to have that kind of vehicle along with other vehicles. Um, but the the idea that a family will 100% depend on only an EV vehicle for their family um, doesn't seem to be uh, doesn't seem to be where people are right now. So it'll take time, and I'm sh- and there is money for putting in more charging stations for EV. Um, but I think giving the hybrid a vehicle. Most people that I talk to um, seem open to the idea of a hybrid more than everything on um, 100% EV vehicles. And if you buy a hybrid, you don't have to have 
um, special installation in your home for uh, plugging in the vehicles at night and uh, you don't have the anxiety of running out of charge partway towards your destination. And, and of course, the publicity this in this last cold snap in Chicago with the Teslas and um, people not lining up and the charges not taking as well in the cold and all of those things, I don't think add to people's excitement either. So, I, you know, you can get more with a carrot than a stick, and so that the idea of a rebate is a carrot. <laughs> we'll see. Earlier this month, Nancy, you were part of a group of not only lawmakers, but also business leaders as well to launch the Michigan Hospitality and Tourism Alliance. Tell us a little bit about that and your role with this alliance. Yes, it's a great group. They thought, well, we should kind of get together because it can tend to be one-off groups. Like we're into hunting, we're into snowmobiling, we're into water skiing, we're into restaurants, we're motels. There's just so many different facets in the whole world of tourism and hospitality that kind of um, have done their own thing. And they started thinking, wait a minute, what if we all got together because we all do um, serve the public and welcome people to the state where the hospitality um, part of the third greatest industry in our state, the top three things with agriculture and manufacturing. And so we need to band together and help our voice be heard at better at the state level. Um, and they asked me to be a part of that. And I'm, I'm uh, of course, excited to do that because um, tourism is awesome uh, in our area and, and throughout the state. And I think Pure Michigan has been just such a great way to help everybody understand what Michigan has to offer with such variety and and um, beauty. So, uh, yes, we've met about it, and I noticed um, last year the budget was down to $15 million in Pure Michigan, and that was a bit of a cut. And this year in the governor's proposed budget, there's an additional $20 million put in there, and they are retaining the $15 million that was there. Um, so the um, 15 of it, I'm hoping, will go to spreading the Pure Michigan commercials um, throughout the st- beyond the state, um, because at the meeting, the one meeting we had so far, um, they're concerned because the, this great line of advertising that was combining Stay in Michigan, enjoy the beauty of all that's available here recreationally and um, quality of life, along with having your work here, and you can do it online or however you work in a different way in today's world, have it all in Michigan. And so they were only able to air those commercials in the state of Michigan because of the cuts so far. But I'm hoping that this stays in and that with this alliance, um, we can get that message out better. And if it's what I hope it is, um, that we can reestablish sending those commercials throughout the country. Because I really think that Pure Michigan label is the very best state 
label anyone has ever come up with, and we want that. Um, on, uh, we want all the kids to understand this is pure Michigan and everybody that lives anywhere to know pure Michigan and uh, that they'll want to come here and experience it. So I'm, uh, I'm excited about that. Um, is, I, a couple things. First of all, I yeah. thought I saw a report that the governor is trying to maybe change the direction instead of having it pure Michigan, have it made it in Michigan, which is what uh, she ha- she was going with. I know that that label slipped in there, and I just don't think that's as good, (laughs) frankly. uh, I would love to have that as a subtitle, uh, but I I would just so hate to leave um, that main main idea. Um, So I am not sure what she means. Okay. Um, And I am all in for careers and helping kids figure out how to make it in Michigan, help them understand the trades and get them excited about whatever they they want to pursue professionally. I understand all of that, and I'm I'm ready to embrace that and cheerlead for that anywhere. Um, but I also want to have the, the tourism focus that is so golden and that people have come to love and respect across the country and around the world probably. Another thing, and I was trying to find it in whether or not I had it in the uh... – um, my emails or social media, and it looks like it was social media because I can't find it now, but one of your colleagues in the state legislature was critical of the ad that was put in for Michigan tourism during the Super Bowl, questioning whether or not uh, this was a wise use of state money. Oh, yeah, I did not see that commercial. I was looking oh, I mean, on the budget. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I did the, the Super Bowl audience, um, I think I, I a don't lot know of why th- Governor Snyder was elected, because he ran Super Bowl commercials, right? Yeah, yeah so. I, I just don't, I don't, <laughs> I, I wish I would have saved and hang on to it um, and, and be able to, uh, you know, say exactly who was the one that uh, did question that spending uh, I know that you know our friends over at the Mackinac Center for Public Policy has long been opposed to uh, pouring money into the tourism uh, industry and tourism uh, programs such as Pure Michigan. But this is a state lawmaker, and I I thought from it might have been Mark Heisinger, the former you know the state senator now, but it wasn't him. So oh. I I don't know who, but uh, yeah. I, I saw that on, I on social media. That. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Just kind of Thanks. wondering. Whether or not uh, you know the priorities are there, uh, but we'll see if uh, this hospitality and tourism caucus, and again around these parts, it, it is very important. I remember uh, 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 Jim Anisich, uh the uh, former uh, St- Senate Minority Leader, critical of the governor for coming to Holland during some uh, tense times in the legislature, basically saying, why is he going to Holland when he should be staying in Lansing? And, of course, uh, in Auburn Hills, as I mentioned at the time, Jim, you have nothing going on there. And, in fact, you shy, you know, Auburn Hills has basically shied away, you know, killed off the Silverdome, killed off Auburn, uh, uh, the yeah. palace. You know, <laughs> you tell you tell I me. You know. oh, I and, know. I, I, yeah, I mean, tourism is great. I, and um, you know, we, we a lot of people come here at, to to recreate, recreate, yeah. you know, and have vacations. But mm-hmm. 
at the same time, they look around and they say, wait a minute, you know, this is really a great place. I'd kind of like to stay. And that's why, you know, our CDB started Mm -hmm. producing booklets of, yeah, you can find a place to live here. Nancy, we got a scoop. I I do think it's good for our population council, right? Yeah. (laughs) We got a scoot. Appreciate it. And we'll look forward to chatting with you next month. Okay, thanks, Gary. Thank you very much, Nancy DeBora, 99.7 and 1450 WHTC.